Welcome to Workforce Rx with Futuro Health, where future-focused education, healthcare, and workforce leaders explore new education-to-work approaches and innovations. I'm your host, Von Tone Quinlevin, CEO of Futuro Health, and today I'm happy to welcome Jamie Fall, a nationally recognized leader in workforce development with more than two decades of experience in government service and policy development from Washington, D.C. to California. He is bringing that wealth of experience to bear in his current role as Director of Upskill America at the Aspen Institute, an employer-led initiative to expand economic opportunity for frontline and entry-level workers by promoting training and advancement practices. Upskill America's network includes over 5,000 businesses and organizations representing millions of workers across the country. Thanks so much for being with us today, Jamie. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate the invitation. So let's start by having you tell us about yourself and your career path that led you to your current role. Great. Well, I'd love to. So Vaughn, I think really I need to go back to my very first job, and that was as a janitor at a local radio station back in the day. By the time I graduated from high school then, I was working for them full time, and they offered to pay for a couple of years of community college if I would stick around. So that two years of free education uh, was wonderful, gave me more work experience, and uh, made a four-year degree possible for me which uh, really wasn't before then. So I worked uh, in communications and marketing for a while, and then I moved over to uh, workforce development communications and marketing, and that opened some doors to get into workforce development policy. And then in uh, 2011, I left state and federal service and started working with large employers about their talent sustainability practices, and that opened the door for me to be here at Upskill America. It's part of the Aspen Institute, and I've been here now for a little over five years. That's a wonderful story and a great example of how education and opportunity tied together. So there's been a lot of focus on the problems COVID has revealed in our healthcare system. What do you think it has revealed about our economy and workforce? Vaughn, I think in some ways it's really revealed what we knew all along, right? Too many employers acted like people were kind of one person at work and one person at home. And it really has helped us understand how the home and the work are not that separate and the impact that they have on each other. All of these things going on with us personally can affect our performance at work under certain conditions. And it's really shined a big spotlight on those issues, child care, elder care, education, folks' digital skills, and access to mental health. So all of those things really um, have become much more important. In a similar vein, what workers do at home can affect what's happening in the workplace. If they aren't wearing masks or taking care of themselves at home, they can really have a very negative impact on the workplace. So it's really important to note that many of the people most affected by COVID are those who are facing the greatest systemic challenges also in the workplace, and so much more needs to be done to help lift them up. I think it's important to look at not just the pandemic, but also uh, the heightened awareness around the disadvantages that some uh, racial groups particularly black and brown people face today. And all of that really began getting more attention about the same time as the pandemic got really bad. And all of that uh, together has really brought on a whole new range of training needs. Employers are focused on helping people be more productive at home, uh, managing a remote workforce, 
helping workers face all that they have on their plates at home, whether it's caregiving, providing education for their children, and then you know the issue of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And that's not to mention uh, new training needs for organizations around helping their workers stay safe in the pandemic. You know, it's so important that the workers stay safe, but also taking care of their customers so that they can stay safe as well. So those are some of the things that have really come up since, for the most part, like February, that we weren't talking much about uh, prior to that bond. Education and jobs are certainly very much on um, the minds of Americans right now. Lay out for us the big picture on the U.S. economy and the need for skilled workers. I mean, we're obviously aware of the shortages in healthcare, but what other sectors are facing the biggest gaps between supply and demand? Yeah, we really, Vaughn, see employers investing in uh, primarily three different areas that I think is really important here. The first one is basic skills, and you know these are cross-cutting across different industries, but they would be things like uh, English as a second language, literacy and numeracy, high school completion, and also digital literacy. And then in addition to that, a second area, we see employers investing where they have acute skill shortages. You already mentioned healthcare is one of those, but I would add to that things such as uh, IT and also uh, skilled trades. Those are just some of the areas. And then we also see employers investing in new skills. And I would point to things like data analytics there and machine learning in particular. And so there's also though a fourth area that I think uh, deserves mentioning and being called out, and that is outskilling. And this is where we see employers who have decided they don't need a group of workers anymore through automation or whatever it might be. So they are providing them with training to prepare them for another career. So as uh, workers are thinking about their employers and what's on the minds of employers, uh, what advice do you have for employees as they consider these emerging trends? So Vaughn, I think the important things that I would want to, to point out there is that uh, you know COVID really has underscored uh, many of the problems that people were facing before the pandemic but they weren't really receiving all that much attention, right? So there really wasn't enough quality childcare available. Also, people uh, didn't have access to technology as they needed in their own home. A uh, large number of people didn't even have uh, digital skills or access to reliable internet. And other you know, workers were being treated in some cases, frankly, like they were easily replaceable. And the quality of education across the country at best was uneven and at worst was grossly inadequate in a lot of places. So kind of with that background, to get more directly to your question, all of a sudden these things really matter, right? They were kind of being pushed to the background and employers now, they want to make sure that their uh, workers are productive so that they can be uh, productive at home or in the workplace. People who are working at home need access to quality, up-to-date technology. People need digital literacy skills. Uh, frontline workers in many cases, you know, they were working in jobs that were very low-paid jobs. And uh, now all of a sudden they're essential workers. And in many cases, they're the face of a company to their customers. And plus, uh, these workers aren't being kept safe, then they can't be in the workplace and that they open their uh, workplace to a lot of risk. So those are a lot of the background things that I see going on, Vaughn, that really are getting and deserve a lot more attention 
So, you know, what, what we really are hearing from employers at this time is we're seeing a lot more emphasis being placed on issues related to diversity, equity, and inclusion, including the hiring of people to lead the efforts and also rolling out training programs. We're seeing more employers rolling out wellness programs with an emphasis on mental health. We're seeing some employers, especially manufacturers, speed the implementation of robotics and technologies because uh, in the workplace, if they have more machines and fewer people, it's easier for people to space out and be uh, socially distant, and it also helps reduce absenteeism. And then in, uh, in healthcare, as you know much better than I do, uh, the pandemic has really sped the adoption of telemedicine. So those are just some of the uh, changes other things may be worth mentioning. We've seen some employers really double down on their education and training plans. In some cases, employers are training workers on new skills or new protocols on uh, cleanliness in the stores or, for example, on airplanes. And in other cases, even though they have laid off or furloughed workers, they're still providing them access to education and training programs online. Jamie, you've given us a lot of things to think about a lot of insights into how employers are focusing on the moment. Are there any um, added points that you'd like to make in terms of how employers should be helping workers through this unsettled time or to reopen recovered? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and these are recommendations that are consistent throughout our work, not just because of the pandemic, but they really need to be making sure that uh, workers are eligible for education and training programs really early on in their hiring when they begin with a company. Also, we want to see employers make sure that the programs are free or at least low cost enough that workers can take advantage of them and afford them. I could talk for a really long period of time about uh, some of the problems with tuition reimbursement programs. So uh, we're really encouraging employers to change from tuition reimbursement to direct relationships with education providers where they cover those costs directly. And then um, we wanna make sure that employers are making programs accessible so they're available online and that people have the technology that they need to take advantage of those uh, programs. We love to see employers provide people with time to be learning in the workplace as much as possible. And I know that isn't always possible. And then it's important that employers provide employees with good career counseling to help them understand what skills are gonna be in demand what is gonna signal competency in that skill, whether it's a certificate or a degree, and what job opportunities are available for people when they complete these programs. And so, you know, many more people being are being forced to consider a career change right now with the economy the way it is, but unfortunately, not much hiring is going on. So we really need to be sure that if people are going to invest in education and training, a good job is going to be awaiting them at the end. So you alluded to some of these uh, good practices on the employer side. Tell us an example or some examples of employers going about workforce development in the right way. So, you know, companies are very different and their needs are very different, right? So we have to keep that in mind. They're investing in education and training for the most part because it solves some sort of a business need. Um, that need can be improved skills on the parts of the workers, a wider, more diverse pipeline of workers, 
or even retention, just trying to keep the workers that they already have. All of those are really important reasons that employers are funding programs. But that said, some of the really positive developments that we've seen are uh, companies making it easier for employees to participate in programs by either reducing the eligibility requirements, uh, moving away from tuition reimbursement, like I just mentioned, and going to models where they're paying for or have direct relationships with education providers. Employers are also offering a wider variety of programs from more providers. In some cases, companies are working with providers such as Guild, and workers have uh, the opportunity to take advantage of a couple of different hundred programs through many education providers. Uh, that's very encouraging to see. Uh, one example that I would mention there, Vaughn, is that uh, Walmart recently rolled out a skilled trades program as part of their talent development strategy, which is really designed to connect workers who want to learn the trades with openings within Walmart or their supplier network so they can gain the experience and certifications that they need to have successful careers in those fields. Also, uh, companies are doing a better job of providing career counseling so people can make better decisions about what fits their needs. And uh, finally, companies are really providing more success coaching, which we've been very happy to see, to help people when they get stuck in their program so they can move on to completion. Well, these uh, training and learning practices are, are truly very encouraging, Jamie, and it seems like more and more companies are investing that way. So, Jamie, the Aspen Institute has been a proponent of employers paying education costs up front. You've alluded to that. Uh, as a way to increase employee participation in education benefits programs. Is that a best practice that is becoming more common? And would you say that an employer who is thinking of cutting this benefit, uh, what would you say to them during these difficult times? Um, yes, Vaughn, I'm really happy to say that it is becoming more common. More employers are forming these partnerships and working with intermediaries and paying for programs directly to the education providers and not making workers carry the costs out of pocket. That's so important because in the past, so many companies offered uh, tuition reimbursement programs, but yet only a highly paid executive, perhaps somebody who had their uh, MBA already and wanted to go back for their law degree, could afford such a program. And too many workers were being cut out of the opportunity to learn. And it's just so important that we see more employers making these investments on behalf of their workers and also carrying the costs or making it affordable so that the workers can take advantage of the programs. You know, we hear from employers all the time that the pace of change continues to accelerate. And if that's true, they're gonna to continue to need their employees learning and they need to be able to, to afford to take advantage of programs. And so it's just critical that employers make this really the standard way that they provide programs. And also uh, to the second part of your question, even though we are seeing a really tough time in the economy, employees are gonna need to continue to learn. It's important for companies to uh, invest in a culture of learning and to make it possible for people to be able to learn. And the only way they can do that is if they fund these programs. They can't be cutting back on these programs now uh, because of the economic downturn. It's too important to the future of the company and to the future of their workforce. Well, Jamie, I have forwarded many times to employers and policymakers the toolkit that Aspen Institute has created to share the elements of a good uh, tuition disbursement benefit 
Would you like to share that URL with our listeners? Uh, Vaughn, thank you. I really appreciate that. Yes, I would just encourage people if they're looking for uh, the playbook in particular or the series of tools that we developed to sit down and work with employers around their education and training programs and policies. That can be found on the Upskill America website, upskillamerica.org. And the Upskilling Playbook for Employers and Tools for Employers can both be found right there, Vaughn. Thank you for uh, giving me that opportunity. Absolutely. So, Jamie, what would you add to the description that I gave of Upskill America? And what are your focus areas and achievements to date? Uh, you already mentioned that we work with employers around creating, expanding, and improving education and training opportunities for workers. And we specifically really focus on frontline and entry-level workers who need um, opportunities to advance in their careers. I would just add that the reason that we focus on them is because so often frontline and entry-level workers are women and people of color who face the greatest barriers to advancement uh, in the workplace. And as far as what we cover, we really cover a range of things all the way from apprenticeship programs to high school completion programs, uh, certification programs, uh, incumbent worker training, all the way up to college degree programs that employers pay for. As far as achievements, I would want to be really careful here, Vaughn, and make sure that all credit for anything that uh, we've been a part of goes to the companies, the education providers, and the intermediaries that we work with in the Upskill American Network who really have poured billions of dollars in new spending to open doors for opportunity for literally hundreds of thousands of workers across the country. So in a nutshell, hundreds of thousands of workers have uh, opportunities to education and training that they didn't have five years ago. Now you've spent a lot of your career in the policy arena. What policy change will support employers and adult learners and deliver a more inclusive recovery? Well, Vaughn, on behalf of all of us who are putting kids through college right now, and I know you're in that uh, situation as well, you know, education just needs to be made more affordable, right? Employers need to be doing more to step up to help make um, education and training and not just college degrees, but also certification programs affordable and available to the workers in, in the country. Just way too many people have been shut out from that possibility for too long. And uh, it's fantastic that more employers are stepping up and doing more, but we need even more employers to uh, step up and do more. And then secondly, I would also just speak to job quality. We need to be sure that people who are investing in their education in devoting time and resources to learning have a job with a livable wage and benefits when they complete it. If you work a job in America, you should be able to take care of your family. And so we need really more of a focus on job quality and uh, making education opportunities affordable. Affordability and job quality. Uh, these are very thoughtful points. What other advice do you have for employers about approaching upskilling of their employees in this moment? Well, I think it's just really important for employers to take the long view, right? We don't want them to just look at what's happening in the workplace today. We want them to look beyond what's happening today and what's coming down the road in a few years and really look beyond what's happening in the economy today. 
So, you know, we want employers to be thinking about, do we really want a workforce that's going to be learning in the future? And if so, we need to be investing in strategies and programs that make that possible. And also really with a long range toward the skills that are going to be needed in the future and not be cutting back on uh, training today. So then let me flip that question. Oh, you know, uh, Vaughn, I mean, I just uh, have to say that my heart goes out to people who are in really difficult economic times right now. And, you know, I don't want to give any advice that would sound like this is easy. The last thing I would want to do is say something that comes off as people need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps, right? People have no boots right now. And this is such an incredibly difficult time, and I, I just wanted to emphasize that, but uh, for people who um, have the opportunity, you know, just do the best you can to put some sort of support network in place, uh, whether that's your employer, your family, whoever it might be, you know, friends, local nonprofit organizations that can help you make good decisions about the type of education and training you should be focused on and then help you get the best possible job once you complete that education and training. And the last piece of advice I would have for all workers, both employed and unemployed, find employers who are going to invest in your future and in your uh, development and go to work for those employers are going to show that they believe in you by investing in you. Well, thank you, Jamie, for acknowledging the moment and how difficult it is on both workers as well as employers. Uh, you've shared so many good strategies and good practices today. Uh, thank you very much for being with us today. I am Von Tone Quinlevin with Futuro Health. Thanks for checking us out in this episode of Workforce Rx. I hope you will join us again as we continue to explore how to create a future-focused workforce in America.